back. Sports Social with Ed Easton here on Southcast FM. Interesting, interesting, interesting couple of days. I mean, you know, obviously we got this crazy NBA Finals going on. But now you got, you know, disparities of whether or not a hit record is a hit record. Do Japanese professional players count alongside Major League Baseball professional players here in America? There's just, it's always that debate now that's, that seems to have taken over the whole Ichiro, has he broken the record for most hits that was previously held by the forever banned Pete Rose in baseball. And like I said, I'm going to get into it. I'm going to have a whole huge rant on this one because I, I do believe you got to let Ichiro, you got to let him rock. You're talking about over 4,200 hits. And he did it. And let's, let's really break down the time. The, the guy is a professional player. I think he started 92. He said from 92 to about 2000, he was in Japan. And he was raking there comes to America, you know, I think every year for a good 10 years, he was having 200 hits. Look, we could debate as in regards to whether or not the Major League Baseball numbers count more than the Japanese numbers. I feel like the fact that he's still doing this, you know, over the age of 40 and doing it well, I mean, the guy's batting well over 300. You gotta, you kind of have to, um, consider him to still be the best all-around hitter. Now, he's about to approach 3,000 hits in Major League Baseball. That's probably going to be in the next, uh, I don't know, maybe two weeks or so. Might get there before the All-Star break. Which kind of goes to that whole thing. Should he be an All-Star? He probably won't be, but it's going to be a fun discussion. But uh, we're definitely going to jump into that as well as what else is going on in Major League Baseball, especially the uh, the struggles of the Yankees. David Wright, the captain for the New York Metropolitans. Most likely out for the season having to have surgery on that whole herniated disc. I mean, it's a shame, you know, for the career that uh, David Wright has had to just have to go through this. It's a rough gig, a, a very, very rough gig. But um, you can only wish, you know, wish him well that he can get back. I can't see him coming back this season. It's going to be a, a tough, a tough winter. And I'm looking this far ahead, a tough winter for the Mets to have to make a decision on what they're going to do with their captain. David Wright has meant so much for this franchise for so many years, but let's face it, he's not healthy. He's just not. Going to be curious to see who's going to step up at third base. Looks like it's going to be Wilma Flores for the rest of the year. It's a decent bat. Ain't going to give you much in the field. Are the Mets going to make moves? Do they still need a first base? Are they still need a catcher? That uh, World Series window is kind of starting to shrink a little bit, Mets fans. I don't know if you looked over, but the Chicago Cubs, they're pretty good. They're a way more disciplined team than they were last year. So maybe last year was the Mets' only chance. 
Because now you start to really look at that roster and you start to say, it's a lot of injuries, a lot of, uh, I don't know, falling off. If you want to go into Matt Harvey, that whole conversation. Really curious to see what Mets fans think about that one because it's a, uh, it's just a little bit of a scary time for them. But we'll definitely see. We'll also be definitely talking about the uh, NBA Finals. Draymond Green will be back for Game Six. Going to hear about his thoughts on the whole suspension because, as you can expect, he was not too happy with it along with everyone else in Golden State. And uh, he, you know, he says he's let his team down. I'm going to play the actual full press conference that he had yesterday in regards to it. But uh, tonight's the game. Tonight's game six. You already got the trash talk between Richard Jefferson and uh, Clay Thompson. Everybody's a tough guy now. But I can tell you this. The performance Kyrie Irving put on on Monday night was legendary. I I, I got to put it out there. The guy in the NBA Finals game going against the back-to-back MVP was not only on fire, but he was just having fun out there. The guy was dancing around, making every shot off balance. I mean, this is, this is really what it's about. You got a guy out there making plays, guy out there... Knowing that your team's back is against the wall and you need to have the game of your life in a must-win, everybody's counting you out situation on the road against a team that doesn't lose much at home at all and you get the job done. That's Kyrie Irving. I think LeBron, you got you got what you, I think you only got what you got on LeBron because of what Kyrie was doing. There was so much attention that had to be paid to Kyrie after a while. Because uh, if Clay Thompson was having trouble, uh, Steph couldn't stay in front of him. It was just, it was rough. I mean, it was a rough go at it if you're a, uh, a Cleveland Cavaliers fan. I mean, I'm sorry, Golden State Warriors fan. If you're a Cavaliers fan, you were enjoying it. Andrew Bogey gets hurt. That's a very critical injury. I think a lot of people have been overlooking it. Yes, they said, oh, they can still win with Adam. They got Festus Ezeli. They're deep there. It's not that simple. Andrew Bogut was a certified rim protector. He knew his role as a center. Didn't look for the, didn't look for many you know opportunities to score. The guy knew how to play defense. I think he's a very he was one of the best rim protectors in the NBA, in my opinion. Not having him there, uh, Festus Azili, in my opinion, is a little bit more offensively inclined as opposed to focusing on the defense. I think he will do uh, a decent job filling in. But uh, let's be honest, Andrew Bogey was the, the package. A very underappreciated package, if you if you ask me. Former number one pick years ago. He's out for the rest of the playoffs, or finals, I should say. You're now looking at a situation where you got to go small. I saw a lot of James on Michael McAdoo out there. I also saw Maurice Spates getting a lot of random like 
Burt's out there. And I, like I said, this is where we could get, I guess we could attack Steve Kerr a little bit here. And, I, you know, I always said Steve Kerr right now is the best at making adjustments in the NBA in terms of coaching. But his, his substitution pattern was a little bit all over the place. Granted, this could be because of the uh, suspension to Draymond. But, you know, you get some Maurice Spates there. You get a little James McAdoo there. You know, Iguodala is going to be Iguodala. I think you can do anything with him. He's proven that, that he's just that trustworthy guy. You just throw him out there. He doesn't need a position. All you say is Iguodala, just go out there and execute. He'll get it done. That's really what it comes down to. We'll definitely see. You know, I want to hear about Steph Curry and what he's going to do besides writing on a sneaker that his shoes are fire. Can he catch on fire? This is the game to do it. If you want to shut everybody up, you drop 60 tonight and win the, and win the title tonight. You drop 60 tonight. If you are Steph Curry, that should be on your mind. I'm going out there and I'm dominating. Period. Period. There's no there's no other thing to really discuss there. You're the MVP. Show people why you're the MVP. Clay Thompson, you have a lot to say. You got Richard Jefferson now taking shots back at you because you still talk about the pick about the, the pick with Mozgov all the way back in game three. There's a lot of tough talkers out there, but not a lot of tough walkers. That's that's what you're noticing now for the NBA. In terms of the players that are on the court. I just don't I, I didn't see Klay Thompson as being a guy that was ready to start a fight with anyone. I mean he's already called out LeBron. He's called out Bosgolf. He's he's called out a couple of people in this series. Save that for Draymond. Draymond's gonna do that. Come on. But uh, you know, it's 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 gonna be a very very odd situation in regards to how how do they match up? And when I say match up, it's because Kyrie Irving gets hot. You're not putting Steph Curry on him. You're going to have to stay with Klay Thompson. But then you got, in my opinion, at, on, when he's home, J.R. Smith is such a better player. He's one of those, he's probably one of the streakier players in the NBA. Once he gets hot, he's tough to guard. So you got Steph Curry. Exerting all his energy guarding him. And of course, LeBron's going to get his regardless, no matter who's on him. I think we could like most likely be looking for a, a game seven here. This, this could be a game here on Sunday in Golden State. I'm not completely sold on uh, Golden State bouncing back defensively against this team. Now, in regards to how they're going to play the Warriors, and I'm talking about Cleveland, how are they going to guard the Warriors? I just think you stay with the same plan you've been doing because Steph Curry has not been helping. Clay was on fire last game. There's no denying that. But in the second half, he got kind of quiet, especially in that fourth. He got very quiet. He rushed a couple, uh, he rushed a couple of threes. It's going to be 
a long dragged out game only because both teams now have that hate for each other kind of like what that's what monday really brought about you, you saw all that hate just for the trash talk and the you know the, the different things that are being said we got ourselves a real series here And I'm definitely looking forward to it. We might actually have that game seven on Sunday in Golden State. Everyone in the world will be watching. I think this will be a bigger deal than the OKC game. Besides the fact that obviously the title's on the line. I just think because there's so much hatred between these teams. It should be very entertaining. And for Sunday, that's also Father's Day. And a happy Father's Day to all the fathers that are out there. It'll be a heck of a treat. But who knows? We got a big show today. We're going to have Jamel Lynch. We're going to speak with him again. He's calling in about the huge event that is going down this Saturday at St. Joseph's College. Dribble against cancer. Celebrity basketball game. I mean, he's put together an incredible event. And I'm really looking forward to just hearing more about it how he went about getting the celebrities to participate in this, as well as just the overall goal of it. And, you know, for something, obviously, as serious as cancer that has affected, I believe every family in this, in this world, it's, it's just really great to see so many people come together for a great cause and just put in the effort. And uh, like I said, hats off to him. He's a guy that's doing a lot, obviously a professional basketball player, still taking the time out there to be there for his community and help people through this tough time. So, you know, hats off to him, and I'm definitely looking forward to speaking with him regarding that. Um, go, I'm going to also have Miss Melody Joanne Santano a little bit later. She's the uh, founder of the Foster Care Unplugged, and um, we're going to definitely discuss that as well as the plans for her for her organization and um, her involvement as well in this game. So definitely looking forward to that. It's a, it's a really a big show um, a lot of people, you know, just really tune in because you're going to hear from two people that are, are making a difference in this community. And uh, it, it's just something that we need to hear more of when it comes to that. Instead of all the negative press that you hear in terms of the, the inner city and the community, these are real things going on. And uh, these are these are people out here trying to make a difference, trying to make things better. So um, I'm really looking forward to that. I'm going to speak to them in a few. But uh, we're going to take a break. You're listening to Sports Social Ed Easton here on Southcast FM. Just to get the car seat in right People driving all fast 
got me kind of upset Got you home safe, placed you in your bassinet That night I don't think one wink I slept As I slipped out my bed to your crib I crap, touched your head gently Felt my heart melt Cause I knew I loved you more than life itself Into my knees And I begged the Lord, please Let me be your good daddy All he needs Love, knowledge, discipline too I pledge my life to you Trust the Just me and you, just me and you I think, man, a little me, just like me Wait and see, gonna be tall Makes me laugh, cause you got your dad's ears and all Sometimes I wonder, what you gonna be? A general, a doctor, maybe a MC I wanna kiss you all the time But I will test that butt when you cut out a line True that, uh-uh-uh, why you do that? I try to be a tough dad, but you be making me laugh Crazy joy, when I see the eyes of my baby boy I pledge to you, I will always do everything I can Show you how to be a man Dignity, integrity, honor, and I don't mind if you lose long as you came with it And you can cry, ain't no shame in it It didn't work out with me and your mom But yo, push come to shove, you was conceived in love So if the world attacks and you slide off track Remember one fact, I got your back uh. Just the two of us We can make it if we try Just me and you, just me and you Time job to be a good dad You got so much more stuff than I had I gotta study just to keep with the changing times 101 Dalmatians on your CD rhyme CD I'm trying to pretend I know On my PC where that CD go But yo, ain't nothing promised One day I'll be gone Feel the strife, but trust life does go on But just in case, it's my place to impart One day some girl's gonna break your heart And who ain't no pain like from the opposite sex Gonna hurt bad, but don't take it out on the next son Throughout life, people will make you mad Disrespect you and treat you bad Let God deal with the things they do Cause hate in your heart will consume you too Always tell the truth, say your prayers Hold doors, pull out chairs, easy on the swears You're living proof that dreams come true I love you and I'm here for you uh. Just the two of us We can make it if we try Just me and you, just me and you
daddy loves you. All right, quarterback sports social Eddie stay here on Southcast FM, and uh, once again we're gonna have Jamel Lynch calling in in another ten minutes or so. We're gonna discuss his huge event that's going on this Saturday at St. Joseph's College here in Brooklyn. Uh, it's just the dribble against cancer event, celebrity basketball game. We're gonna talk about some of the stars that are showing up and just what it exactly means and what's gonna happen with all the all the funds and where they're going to. And just it's just a great event, and we really want to just put a spotlight on that. So um, looking forward to that conversation. Now, uh, there's another conversation that people were looking forward to, and that was Draymond Green's thoughts on actually being suspended and, you know, if that affected the team and how he really felt about the entire situation. So Draymond Green met with reporters uh, yesterday, right before shoot-around. This is what he had to say. Um, I mean, first off, to acknowledge that, you know, it is what it is. You know, I missed game five. You know, it's, it's done and over with now. I I let my teammates down, you know, not being in the game, you know, regardless of whether I want to jump and say, oh, man, it wasn't that much, or whether someone else want to, you know, have an opinion and say, oh, it wasn't that much. You know, I shouldn't have been suspended. He should have been suspended. I think at the end of the day, everybody's going to have their opinion on it. And at this point, it don't matter anymore. You know, we lost game five. We're here for game six. You know, I have to be better and not put myself in a position, you know, to where it is, it is a decision, you know, where there is an investigation. You know, I have to be better for my teammates as a leader of this team. You know, I can't put myself in a position where I can't be there for my teammates on the floor. You know, I do I do my teammates no justice in, in street clothes watching the game at at the A's game, you know, and I thank the people over at the A's for having me. You know, I had a, as good of a time as I possibly could, you know, watching my teammates, and they were great. They showed great hospitality. Um, you know, and I owe it to my teammates to come back and give all that I have, you know, all that that I can do to better this situation. You know, I think if I have strong belief that if I play game five, we win. But I didn't because I put myself in a situation where I wasn't able to play. You know, I think my teammates fought, you know, and didn't play well and still with six minutes to go down six points, you know, but continued to battle and battle. And it's on me to come out and help that battle, you know, not come out and try to be the superstar, try to be the hero, try to be the saving grace, none of that stuff, you know, because being a superstar, saving grace haven't gotten us this far, you know. Being a great team has got us this far. So to come back and be a piece of that great team is what I owe to this team. That's what I'm looking forward to doing. And, you know, I move on from the suspension. We move on. You know, it was game five. We're here in game six, you know, so it's behind us. And... We got an opportunity to do something that I don't know if it's ever been done to where someone maybe it has with the Lakers and Celtics and all those guys, but where you win a championship on someone else for two years in a row. We got that opportunity. It's a fun one. It'll be tough. You know, Cleveland's a very good team. Uh, you know, they had some guys find their stride, you know, in game five. We look to come out and stop that stride and try to get a win on their floor in game six. So 
you know, I look forward to that opportunity. Raymond, what, if anything, did you learn from this situation? I just learned, you know, that I learned a lot, you know, as as a basketball player, as a man, you know, as, you know, just things that you have to do, you know, you can't put yourself in certain positions. And um, I wouldn't, you know, I've one thing that I've already been, you know, kind of teaching myself and trying to learn how to do is control my emotions, you know. So, you know, really just knowing positions that you're in and adjusting to those positions, you know, not putting yourself in harm's way. Um, and really being a better teammate, me not being, you know, the way I view it is me not being out there on the floor to battle with my guys is being a bad teammate, you know, and I take pride in being a good teammate, you know, so whether it's pride, whether it's however you want to label it, whatever that is has to go behind being a good teammate, you know, and that can never jump in front of that, you know, it's, like I said, I put myself in a position where I couldn't be out there. And the way I view it, it's awful. You know, terrible teammate. And, and I take pride in being better. So, if anything, being a great teammate at all costs. Draymond, uh, do you believe that your patience will be tested in game six? You know, I don't. The potential. I don't, um, you know, going to game six thinking, oh, will my patience be tested, will it not? You know, it's, it's, a, it's a hard enough challenge trying to win a game in the NBA Finals. Then you talk about the challenge of winning on the road. You know, that challenge doubles, it triples, you know. So that's a hard enough challenge in itself. You know, that's enough to focus on in itself. And that's going to always be my focus, to come out and do whatever I have to take, do, what, do whatever it takes to help my team win this game. Draymond, what was it like, what was the experience like watching the game from the sweep of emotions where you go I mean, it was, to get the reception from the fans? It was brutal, man. You know, just watching, like, it's one of the weirdest days ever for me, knowing that, like, my team's getting ready for a game. And this whole day I'm preparing for a game, but I'm really not, you know? and um. I mean, it was brutal, just the entire day in itself. You know, um, knowing that I can't go out here and help my guys, I can't even be around. You know, like, it's one thing if you're out the injury. It's another thing if you're out because of suspension. It's a brutal day, you know, but like I said, it's, you know, my emotions were all over the place. You know, at times I'm excited, at times I'm frustrated, at times I'm you know, down, you know, it's just, it's all over the place. Emotional roller coaster that day, you know, but like I said, the support that I have from my family and friends, from our organization, you know, from our fans, you know, all that stuff makes everything easier. You know, like the reception that I got at the game when they found out what suite I was in, was, I mean, it was great, you know, but I'm not looking for that, you know, because I want to be out there on the floor. You know, the reception that you get on the floor is 10 times better. Um, you know, but also the support that I received, you know, I can't take that for granted. You know, um, like our GM, Bob, no GM's coming to sit in those suite with you next door. Like, that goes so long, or such, you know, such a far ways that those are the type of things that when you say, man, I want to be a warrior forever. 
Like, that's the stuff that go a long ways. You know, when you, when it's in time, you know, not when you're winning game six last year in the NBA Finals and everybody's happy. You know, it's in the time of need. You know, who can you turn to? And he's been by my side through this entire thing. You know, Joe Laker, uh, Peter Goober, you know, texting me constantly, you know. Um. And that was uh, Draymond Green just talking about the experience of having to watch the game over at the Oakland Athletics um, stadium. He had to watch it in the suite because he wasn't allowed to be with the team. So he wanted to be close but not actually in the in the arena because of the suspension. And uh, he talked about it. You know, it's just it, he felt like he let his team down. That was the biggest thing to it. So uh, the most thing you the really the most you can think about is just having, you know, having to go through it, going through a process in which you have to be like sort of with your team and not really be there in spirit. It's a tough process. So, uh, you know, for Draymond, obviously giving his thoughts on the situation, it was uh, it was huge. It, it was definitely huge. So. I understand exactly, you know, his emotions as to what he was going through with it. And, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll definitely see what happens in regards to game six tonight. The um, the way it's going to be, you know, handled. It's, uh, it's going to be a process. It's definitely going to be a process. So we're going to see how ready the uh, Golden State Warriors are going to be now that they have Draymond back, now that they have their leader back, their emotional leader. Okay, on the line with us, we have Jamel Lynch. Jamel, welcome back to the show, man. How's it going? Uh, man, I'm great, man. How's everything going with you, man? Thanks for having me. You already know I'm out here in Brooklyn. What up, Williamsburg? What up? We out here, baby. <laughs> I hear that, man. We are definitely out here working. I know you're working, man, because you got a lot going on. I'm hearing, especially for the last couple of weeks, and even since you were on the, on the show last time, all about this event. Really excited for it this Saturday, going down at uh, St. Joseph's College, dribble against cancer, celebrity charity basketball game. Man, let us know, man, because, uh, like I said, there's a big buzz going on with this. I mean, if you're not there on Saturday, doors open at 630. I don't know where you at, baby. I mean, it's going to be a crazy event. We got a lot of celebrities coming out. Um, Vic Cruz, uh, Mayno Fab, Joel O.T., Joe Buttons. Um, we got a lot of um, hometown celebrities like Homicide, uh, AJ Matthews. Uh, it's going to be a pretty, pretty big event. Uh, but for the most part, it's uh, for a great cause. You know, we are here on Saturday at St. Joseph's to raise cancer awareness, but also raise foster care awareness as, as well. We want to make sure we do our part, you know, definitely for the youth, as well as just for the community. There's a lot of people who lost someone from cancer, a lot of people who went through the foster home care um, situation and came out better than they were when they went in. So we want to shed light on that, you know, make sure people continue to understand how important it is to bring awareness to that. And that's what our event is going to be about on Saturday um, at St. Joseph's College. Definitely hear that, man. And it says, like, all proceeds are going, um, are going to benefit the cancer research as well as Foster Care Unplugged? Yes, yes, as well as, as, well as our nonprofits. So, um, you know, as you as you probably don't know, I have own, my own nonprofit called the Big and Little Skills Academy which is going to be, and as well as LAS Express, we're presenting the, this event, and, um, you know, proceeds will go towards all organizations. Um, we want to make sure that we get as many people there as possible um, because at, at the end of the day, it's about raising money for the organizations. Uh, we'll be highlighting some individuals 
um, who survived cancer, who, who beat cancer um, at the event as well at halftime. Um, we have some guest surprises coming out. Um, but, yes, you know, we have a lot of things. We have a lot of giveaways. Spray Ground and Body Armor are sponsoring us. Um, we have a few other surprise sponsors. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a pretty dope event. Um, and, you know, you guys, if you're not there, like I said, if you're not there, I don't know where you're going to be at on Saturday because this, this is going to be the event you've got to be at. Um, and it's for a great cause at the end of the day. Uh, if you, I know if you don't know someone personally, someone you know may have lost someone from cancer or someone you know may have went through the foster care um, situation. So, you know, just come out and represent. If tickets are not very expensive. Tickets are only $20 in advance, $30 at the door. Um, so, you know, we want to make sure we get everyone there. I definitely hear that. And uh, definitely everyone should be making sure that they make their way to the events. Now, uh, I see, like you have uh, some some special celebrities that are um, showing up to the game. How was was it, was it hard putting together these rosters for these uh, two teams to go at each other? Like, was it hard making the uh, the teams for this? It was. It wasn't hard. It was more exciting. Um, you know, with my partner Brian Gardenhire and Melody, um, we we came together as a as a group to put together a great opportunity for, for players on both ends to come out and have a good time. You know, the roster, as you can see, is pretty in-depth. Um, we have up-and-coming artists like Moosey Wins and Jimmy Noel on deck, uh, one of the top DJs in the city, DJ Punch. We got another big-time celebrity DJ coming in. I'm not even going to name him right now. He's going to be a surprise. Mm. But um, he's, gonna, he's coming in. I told him yesterday. We got two, actually, two big-time DJs playing um, from New York City that, that's been sweeping the airways for years. So, um, you know, it, it's going to be a fun event. Both teams are going to be even. Uh, we got some girls involved as well. So Shannon Bobbitt being one of them, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure everybody in New York City knows who Shannon Bobbitt is. She played oh, yeah. at Tennessee, played in the WNBA. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's going to be there as well, representing. Uh, so it's going to be it's going to be a star-studded event, but uh, it's going to be fun. The environment is going to be affable. People want to be approachable. Um, it's not going to be like clicky. Everybody's going to be a family. We're yes. there for one co- for for course. We're not there to to um, shine light on on ourselves, but more so on the court. Uh, so we're bringing these people out so that they can they could they want to be a part of it. We're not you know we, we didn't call hey you know we'd love for you to play, um, but more so they contacted us in the same token. Um, so you know it, it was a mutual thing and on both ends. Um, we have a lot of media that's going to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to be it's going to be a dope event. I definitely hear that man, and um, just obviously because of the nature of the event and you know it's helping with the foster care system. Um, it's going to be filled. There's going to be a bunch of kids there as well. Like uh, we're expecting, yes. you know, plenty of kids, um, children. You know, I saw the price there, ten dollars for uh, children under 17 years old. So I think that's great. Yes. And um, yes. just having all that going on now um, for you, like for everything that you've gone through, and um, obviously what you're doing with your career, uh, to be able to put together an event like this, you know, what does it say, like if for you, like how does it make you feel? Just like looking at it from the outside, when you're doing it, it's kind of like you know you're putting it all together, you're doing all the running around. But from the outside, you know, how do you take? What do you take from it? Uh, well, looking outside of, my, of myself, um, you know, me, you mentioned in kids. Uh, you know, I grew up in the Williamsburg Projects, uh, single mother, father got killed when I was young. Um, you know, so my mother did most of the work. Uh, my grandmother's, but um, you know we we're we're doing this. Uh, we, we're providing this opportunity for the kids. Uh, we want to make sure they understand how important it is to be self-aware, understand how, the effects of of having cancer. Also, um, how can you get through that? You know, the people that we're honoring to show their they show their faith, they show their grit, they show their tenacity and their strength. So we're honoring them for that. So kids will be able to see that. 
And also, some of the people who are we honoring are also were, were in foster care because of cancer. Um, so kids will be able to see that. You know, we we have a clinic in the morning for about 100 kids um, at the Brooklyn Bridge Park, and most of those kids will be at our event in the evening. Um, so, you know, it means more to me than people may think because I lost both my grandparents and my best friends at um, about three, four years ago to cancer mm-hmm. and, and at, in the same in the same um, time period. So it was kind of tough, um, and, and this, this event means a lot to me just because we're honoring them. You know, we're not honoring only my grandparents, but people who lost grandparents, people who lost friends, who lost brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers. Um, so this is a big event because it touches home for a lot of people. Um, and, yes, we want to create awareness, for, um, raise money for cancer as well as force the kids. But we also, like I said, we want to create awareness as well um, and, and honor those people who, who, who didn't, who, didn't, who, who weren't, um, who fought and got through the cancer belt. Um, and remember those people who are not no, no longer with us. So um, this event means a lot for me looking on the outside in. Um, put a lot of work into it with my partners. Like I said, Brian Garner, Hire, and Melody, um, which Melody is actually calling in later on today. Yes, definitely. Um, you know, you know we, we, we put a lot of work in, as well as my, my publicist, Alexis, and my assistant, um, Chrissy. We, we put a lot of work in, and we're continuing to put a lot of work in just so we can make this event something that will be memorable and touching, but fun and exciting at the same time. Definitely hear that, man. And so far, like I said, it's, it's been an amazing job because I've been hearing about it all over the place. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's like something everybody's looking forward to this Saturday. Uh, is there any more information you want to give everybody that's, you know, just making sure that they purchase their tickets in advance? Any uh, any links or anything you want to throw out there? Yes, yes. So if you want to purchase your ticket in, in advance for $20, <clears throat> the, the link is dribbleagainstcancer.eventbrite.com. That's dribbleagainstcancer.eventbrite.com. Um, we have all the information for the game, tickets, VIP seating. Uh, we have a VIP suite. There's only a couple of people who will be able to get there. So you want to make sure. I want to tell you guys to get your tickets fast because we have capacity. Uh, so you want to make sure you get your ticket and get there on time. Doors open at 6.30. And at the end of the day, even if you buy a ticket, if you're not there in time in terms of the capacity limit, we'll be refunding you back your money. But mm-hmm. please come. Um, please be on time. And have a great time. You know, we have a lot of surprises, a lot of good things in store, a lot of celebrities, a lot of fun, a lot of excitement, a lot of everything. And it's Brooklyn. Spread love. Oh, yeah. baby. You know what it is. Oh, yeah. Spread love is the Brooklyn way. That's what we're all yeah, about. Sir. Definitely looking forward to it. I'm going to actually have that link on our website um, by, the, by the end of the day. So uh, we're definitely looking forward to it, man. And uh, hopefully you have a, a big packed house. I appreciate that. I hope to see you there too, brother. Oh yeah, man. I'm definitely gonna make my make my way over there, man. All right. Yes, sir. Bring right. your team. Bring everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you on that sure. one. All right, Jamel. We're gonna talk to Melody a little bit later in the show, man. But uh have a good one. You too, brother. Thank you for having me. No problem. All right. All right, that was uh Jamel Lynch. He is he's um spearheading this entire movement is with this whole event, which is like I said, it's amazing. You know, it's going on this Saturday at St. Joseph's College. Uh, we're going to speak with Melody Joanne Santeno a little bit later. She is the founder of Foster, of Foster Care Unplugged, and uh, we're going to get her side of it and just understanding everything that's going into this to this program as well as what's going on with her organization. So, it's uh, it, like I said, this is a very important show just to, so, to show everything that's going on in our community and how we're trying to build things up, and this is just a great event. So, Definitely looking forward to it this Saturday at St. Joseph's College. Dribble against cancer. So uh, 
going to definitely see if we can uh, check that out. We're going to do right now with Step Aside and take a quick break. You're listening to Sports Social with Ed Easton here on Soundcast FM. But I was acquitted a month and three days before Tupac was born. I was real happy because I had a son. When I was young, me and my mama had beef, 17 years old, kicked out on the streets. Though back at the time, I never thought I'd see a face. Ain't a woman alive that could take my mama's place. Suspended from school, I'm scared to go home. I was a fool with the big boys breaking all the rules. Shed tears with my baby sister. Over the years, we was poor than other little kids. And even though we had different daddies, the same drama when things went wrong, we blamed mama. I reminisce on the stress I caused. It was hell, hugging on my mama from a jail cell. In elementary, hey, I see the penitentiary one day. Running from the police, that's right. Mama catch me, put a whoop into my backside. And even as a crack fiend, mama, you always was a black queen, mama. I finally understand for a woman, it ain't easy trying to raise a man. You always was committed, a poor single mother on welfare. Tell me how you did it, there's no way I can pay you back. But the plan is to show you that I understand. You all appreciate it. Dear Mama, you all appreciate it. Now ain't nobody tell us it was fair. No love for my daddy cause the coward wasn't there. He passed away and I didn't cry cause my anger let me feel for a stranger They say I'm wrong and I'm heartless But all along I was looking for a father He was gone I hung around with the thugs And even though they sold drugs They showed a young brother love I moved out and started really hanging I needed money of my own So I started slanging I ain't guilty cause even though I sell rocks It feels good putting money in your mailbox I love paying rent when the rent's too I hope you got the diamond necklace that I sent to you Cause when I was low, you was there for me You never left me alone because you cared for me And I can see you coming home after work late You're in the kitchen trying to fix us a hot plate You're just working with the scraps you was giving And mama made miracles every Thanksgiving But now the road got rough, you're alone You're trying to raise two bad kids on your own And there's no way I can pay you back But my plan is to show you that I understand You all appreciate it and dear mama, you all appreciate it. Pour some liquor and I reminisce. Cause through the drama, I can always depend on my mama. And when it seems that I'm hopeless, you say the words that can get me back in focus. When I was sick as a little kid. Me happy, there's no limit to the things you did. And all my childhood memories are full of all the sweet things you did for me. And even though I act crazy, I gotta thank the Lord that you made me. There are no words that can express how I feel. You never kept a secret, always stayed real. And I appreciate how you raised me and all the extra love that you gave me. I wish I could take the pain away. If you can make it through the night, there's a brighter day Everything will be alright if you hold on It's a struggle every day, gotta roll on 
There's no way I could pay you back But my plan is to show you that I understand You all appreciate it Sports Social at Easton here on Soundcast FM. Uh, today would have been actually Tupac's birthday, the late Tupac. Um, obviously, you know, pioneer in hip-hop. Today would have been his birthday. So, um, you know, even in death, happy birthday, Tupac. And um, just, you know, for everything that he brought to the rap game. I uh, want to give, once again, another special thank you to Jamal Lynch for calling in earlier, talking about his event, Dribble Against Cancer, which is going on this Saturday at St. Joseph's College here in Brooklyn. I'm going to have... His, uh, one of his uh, co-sponsors in regards to the event, Melody Joanne uh, Santana, she will uh, call in and we'll discuss more about the event as well as Foster Care Unplugged. That is her organization, so definitely stay tuned for that. Now, I'm still on the uh, topic of the NBA Finals. We heard Draymond Green. We heard what he was going through and his whole mindset, just not being able to play in the, in the game and, you know, having to watch his team struggle in a, in a situation where they didn't have that emotional leader. You know, once they got flat, they didn't have that guy that was that rah-rah guy off the bench to really get them back up. So uh, that was a tough situation for them. Now, leading into this game, you kind of want to hear from the uh, two stars of the game. Well, two stars for each team, and one of them is Steph Curry for the Golden State Warriors. The other, obviously, LeBron James for the Cleveland Cavaliers. So this is what Steph Curry had to say leading up to tonight's game dial some of himself down and some of himself up to avoid any further incidents in this situation? No, nah, I think he's going to play with that same aggression, that same passion, leave it all on the floor, but be smart. Um, I think he can do that without having to take a piece of himself away from from what he does on the floor and who he is uh, as a basketball player and a competitor and, and whatnot. So... Um, he won't get baited into any kind of altercations. He won't. I'm pretty sure he'll be talkative, but hopefully in a very constructive kind of way. So um, that'll be good. Tim on the left. Steph, I guess you had the film session from the last game this morning. What what do you do when you see your – he had some open threes in the last game. What do you think when you see yourself get that shot and miss that shot a few times in a pretty key spots last game? I don't really worry about the shots that I missed. Um, those are those are ones you live with. You live with the result. You don't really want to go back and analyze. You know, oh, I got over. What happened? Why did I miss it? Or my was my my feet? You know, not square to the basket, or did I not hold my follow through? Whatever. I don't really worry about that because those shots will come. And if I can keep the confidence, I'll hopefully knock them down the next game. The stuff that kind of bothered me the most is there's. On the offensive end, of certain possessions where we had the right reads and the right looks, but passes got deflected because they were a little, you know, a little lazy, or we didn't have the Christmas to what we were doing. Um, that's a, that was a situation where you feel like you had missed opportunities, open shots, you know, make or miss doesn't doesn't really bother me that much. But the other stuff, 
that takes us out of the rhythm of our offense, um, that I control most of it, is is the frustrating part. So that was the most glaring thing that we saw on the film, and um, you know I have to share that up. And defensively, what would you say the things? What specifically did you not love about that game when you look back on the film? Breakdowns, com uh, communicating on on switches and in transition, finding you know our matchups and certain details of the fundamentals of just body position on on, on defending guys one-on-one -on -one in space. We gave too many angles to the basket where we put our, our help defense in, in a bad spot with straight line drives to the basket and, and, and whatnot. I mean, it, it, it might be overblown a little bit because they made so many tough shots, but if you have guys that are hot and you give them – uh, those you know three to five possessions where you have breakdowns as well, it, it just makes things worse. So, got to uh, got to fix those. Thank you, Steph. So that was Steph Curry giving his thoughts on uh, what happened at the end of Game Five, and obviously looking forward to Game Six. His thoughts with Draymond Green and uh, what they need to do just to stay focused. Because uh, let's be honest, this is a huge game. You know, Cleveland has all the momentum. You know. There's no, there's no denying that. I think we can, we can all agree on that. That Cleveland has the momentum, and they're gonna do whatever it takes to keep it and force this thing to a game seven. Uh, LeBron James uh, also had something to say on the podium yesterday, leading up to game six. LeBron, understanding that you and Kyrie had it going offensively the other night, what do you guys need from Kevin Love in, in game six to do what you want to do? Just need him to be aggressive. Um, you know, from from the defensive side of, uh, of the floor and the offensive side of the floor, um, go out and uh, and make an impact on the game. Um, no matter if he's not scoring, uh, no matter if at times you feel like he's not getting touches, we all just need to continue to be aggressive. He needs to be aggressive to help us uh, try to send this game back to Golden State. And um, I think he's looking forward to the challenge. Um, I think he's looking forward for the moment, and uh, we definitely need him. He's, he's too big of a piece to our puzzle. In that regard, do you do you need more than what he gave the other night? I think with everything he gave us, um, I mean, he helped us win. I mean, we needed everybody, all 15 guys, even the guys that never even touched the floor. You know, we had two guys in suits, and we needed everybody's contribution. Uh, we definitely need Kev to play better. We want him to play better, but, you know, we don't want to add no more stress on him or no more added pressure on him. We just want him to go out and play. Just just let it hang out. Dave? Dave, Big Grand Mini ESPN. LeBron, you've probably heard hundreds if not thousands of pregame speeches from coaches over the course of your career did anything resonate with you what Ty spoke to you guys about before game five and and what can that functionality you know a coach talking to a team about philosophy uh, before the floor uh, affect his team oh uh, well definitely I mean his words um, resonate throughout the whole locker room and some of the things that he said I won't uh, bring out to the table because it's for locker room use only but um you know, just his sense of calmness and um, his sense of, uh, you know, just staying a moment has definitely given, you know, especially the young guys, uh, uh, just a confidence booster, you know. And, um, you know, for us as a, as a group, you know, when you have someone that calm and that collective about what needs to be done and, and just staying in the moment, it just helps us to go out and do our job. Last three in the back over here and in the front. LeBron, um, I'm sure you heard Andrew Bogut's out. How does that impact you guys and your game plan, if at all? Oh, well, it doesn't. Uh, we want to continue to attack. We want to continue to um, not turn the ball over and stop those guys, um, you know, Steph and Clay from, from 
you know, just having one of those barrages from the uh, from from the perimeter. Um, we also want to try to uh, put pressure on the, uh, those other guys. Those other guys can beat you as well. You know, with Draymond coming back and also Iguodala and Livingston and Barnes and things of that nature, and you know, even some. You know, Andy gave him a big couple couple minutes the last couple games and. Uh, Spates as well, and everyone that they you know they put in. So um, even with Bogut out, they still have so much firepower that it um, it doesn't take any of the focus out of our mind going into Game Six. Will you feel when you see Draymond on the court, considering the exchange you guys have, will anything come to your mind when you see him out there on the court? Uh, my only job is to get this win, man. Um, I have, we have a great opportunity to protect home court and go into uh, two of the best words ever. And that's game seven. So, um, you know, hopefully uh, we protect home. That's all that matters. In the front here. LeBron Hagengrove, scout.com. Last year, obviously, you guys didn't have Kyrie, Kevin at this time. But what else is different about coming into this game six this year as opposed to last year? Uh, We didn't have Kyrie and Kevin. (laughs) Those guys are uh, a big piece of what we do. Obviously, Kyrie have shown that, and Kevin throughout this postseason as well. Um, you know, I think um, you know Richard Jefferson has definitely given us a, given us a huge boost throughout the whole playoffs. Channing Fry as well, even though his minutes have been a little bit limited in this postseason, but I mean in this finals, but in this postseason they've given us boost, and everyone that's come back from last year's roster um, has given us uh, a huge boost to get to this point. So, um, you know, uh, you know we we feel good about our chances. We was also coming off a loss. Um, you know that we we had our chances um, in Game Five and uh, a couple of possessions down the stretch last year. We just didn't uh, didn't communicate and uh, and they made us they made us pay. So um, you know we like our chances. Jason, last one. Jason Lloyd, Agabiga Journal. A lot was made comparing your game the other night to the Boston game a few years ago, and your numbers across the board in elimination games are are very very good. Does, does something change for you when when it's absolutely do or die like you've been saying but it really is an elimination game what, what changes for you in that in that moment uh i don't know i've just been fortunate enough to uh i guess make some shots for one grab some rebounds find some teammates guys put the ball in my face and get some blocks and uh guys throw some air and pass and maybe to get some steals and um that's it that's that simple it's that simple it's that simple um it's not easy, but it's that simple. I just go out and play. Um, I don't know what happens in elimination games. I understand the magnitude of it, but it does. It's not as doesn't bother me too much. You know, you just go out and I, I know how much I put into the game. I know how true I am to the game. Um, I know how much work that I put into the game when no cameras are around and things of that nature. So I'm able just to try to just bottle that, just bottle that, and. Um, and live with the results. I mean, it's not always been uh, it's not always been great, but I guess the last few games, um, elimination games, has been pretty good, and hopefully, I can continue that tomorrow. All right. So that was LeBron James giving his thoughts leading up to Game Six tonight. Uh, one of the key things that I took from what he was saying was uh, obviously, you know, just focusing on this game, and uh, he talked about Kevin Love still being a huge part of this team, and just to even help. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be scoring. Just to do the little intangibles to keep the team alive in there. And uh, that's that's really what you would hope for a guy from, Ke- you know, a guy like Kevin Love. You're an all-star player. You want to see that he can do all the little things that are possible to help your team win. So uh, Kevin Love, you know, the, like I said, if he's not making shots, everybody says he's he's not good. Uh, I know this guy back 
well, at least from when I was watching him back in uh, Minnesota, he was a great rebounder. I feel like that's something that he needs to do. He's got to crash the boards a little bit more and then let people talk less and less about uh, his ineffective you know, shooting and being not a great defender. If he crashed the boards offensively, defensively, I think uh, people will look at it a different way. So that's my look from that. Um, he also made mention to how Draymond Green would affect him in this game. He says he's just worried about getting this W. That's the taking the high road, as he likes to say. That's LeBron. LeBron's going to be LeBron all the time. He's going to give his uh, his snarky little comments, you know, like he did the last press conference when asked about Draymond. Uh, he's just worried about getting this win, forcing what he says, the two best words in sports, Game 7. Now, in terms of how he's going to play in this game, uh, LeBron's been a little inconsistent. I'm not going to front. I, I didn't think he was that good in Game 4. Uh, game 5, he was he was tremendous along with Kyrie, but uh, what which LeBron are we going to get this time around? Is he going to be aggressive, or is he going to look to set everyone up? You know, I I, I got to see the type of person LeBron's going to be. I, I want him to go back to being the attacker. I feel like LeBron as an attacker is so much better than anybody, any player in the NBA. That's my uh, genuine opinion. I just feel like he brings so much. He's such a tough cover. I mean, I, I can't even, I, like I said, I can't even really get into it. The guy is such a tough cover because you can't guard him. You, if he comes at you with a full head of steam, you're in trouble. You are in huge trouble if LeBron James is running at you. The guy's built like a football player. He could easily play tight end in the NFL. And he's going to barrel into you. You're not starting to take a charge. But when he has that little jump shot, that little nice touch going, it's all she wrote. Draymond Green could only do but so much, and I don't think he could do anything with LeBron James on point like that. And that's just the reality of the situation. Now, how will he be guarded? It will be Draymond. It will be Iguodala. I think before you had to throw Livingston because you could have Iguodala on him all the time because you're going to burn him out, let's be honest. LeBron James is that type of workload. You have to just be ready. You've got to be ready to make that move. But we'll see. Once again, numbers five one six nine zero zero two two seven eight. And I'm thinking now, and I'm going to call it now. I'm just going to give my pick. I think the Warriors do close it out tonight, but we may go to overtime. That's my pick. I think the Warriors close it out. They're the champions tonight, but I think they do it in overtime on the road. And Steph Curry has a great game. That's my prediction. We'll see if that holds up. Okay, we have a caller on the line. Melody, are you there? Yes, I am. How are you? Doing good. How are you? We have Melody Joanne Santana on the line with us right now. She is the uh, founder of Foster Care Unplugged. And um, Melody, huge events that uh, you helped put together for this Saturday. We're all excited. We're all excited about it. It's this dribble against cancer celebrity basketball game. Can, yeah. you, just, can you just let us know, um, you know, obviously your involvement in it and um, what we're looking forward to uh, this Saturday? 
Of course. Well, first of all, this um, this this amazing event is really uh, brought to you by um, Jamel Lynch from the Big Little Kids Academy, as well as the LES Express and a few other sponsors. And I was approached about it um, because I have a foster care campaign that I'm currently doing, and I just thought it was um, a great opportunity because we have a lot of foster care children who enter the foster care system due to cancer attacking the family system and just not the right support being placed that unfortunately allow kids to come into the child welfare system. So, you know, just bridging cancer and foster care was really, um, you know, our purpose for combining our efforts with LES Express as well as Big Little Kids Academy. Um, and, and, you know, we're going to be honoring two foster care children, uh, adults who were in foster care and came into foster care due to cancer. One in particular, Gisanti, um, you know, her grandmother had cancer, and that was the reason for her, you know, her mom having issues growing up as well and um, uh, that struggle. And then her mom uh, conceiving cancer at a young age, and then uh, which led to Jasmine being placed in foster care. And then when Jasmine was young, she also was uh, diagnosed with cancer at 20-something years old, and she beat it, and she's in a remission right now. Yeah. So it's definitely honoring her and uh, another person as well who has the same similar story so um it's going to be great it's going to be an amazing um amazing event i definitely hear that it just sounds amazing and um obviously there's going to be a lot of kids involved as well um at the event to enjoy it um i was uh talking to jamel a little bit earlier on the show i was like how was it uh putting helping put the teams together was it uh was it a bit of a process Uh, was it fun like having these celebrities you know try to split them up for this type of game (laughs) Um, no, most certainly, you know, you want to match personality and you want it to be very entertaining, you know. So, um, you know, Jamel has his way of how he structured the teammates and which players are going with which, with which team. We have a comedian that will be on one of the teams, so it's going to be very funny to see him interact on the court. And obviously we have amazing personalities like Joe Button, um, who, you know, he has a strong personality, so it's going to be amazing to see how he interacts on the court. So, you know, we made sure we tried to split the team in a way where it's very entertaining for all the viewers that are coming out. <laughs> I definitely understand that. And uh, I just want to, you know, talk a little bit more about uh, Foster Care Unplugged because uh, you are the founder of the organization. Can you tell us uh, a lot about that? Sure. Well, it, it, it um, came a birth out of uh, me being in foster care my, my entire life. You know, I, I witnessed my father's death at the age of three. And, um, you know, my mom, she is eight of us. So, you know, it's very hard for my mom to raise eight kids alone with my father not being present. And so, you know, the back and forth, you know, uh, experience for us that was placed in other 10 foster homes. And what saved me was being able to be put in a scholarship program. I have a twin sister, and my twin sister and I both were placed in the American Dream a program sponsored by Hardship Famous and Services. And that really pretty much saved us from becoming homeless. And so we became very successful, and I was able to obtain, you know, an associate's degree, a bachelor's, a master's in social work, and I'm also now a clinical therapist. My twin sister, she has a biology degree. She's a professional dancer out in L.A. And so we know that if it wasn't for a specific support system placed in our lives, we wouldn't have been able to be who we are today. And so now our mission is really to do that for up-and-coming foster care youth in the system now. And so I've developed a bill uh, with one of our Brooklyn's own Senator Kevin Parker of the 21st District um, to help empower uh, foster care children economically and financially and to develop a trust fund for them 
to avoid them having to become homeless or, you know, at 21, you and I are excited about 10, 21. It's the legal age, right? These kids are not. They're right, scared. Right. They're thinking about where am I going to live? What am I going to do now? Because they're often thrown out the system. And so this bill that we're doing, New York State Bill S7720, drafted by Senator Kevin Parker, is something that we're trying to get implemented here in New York State to help a lot of the youth behind us to get the same opportunities that, you know, my, my sister Melanie and I got. I mean, it's it's incredible. Obviously, your story is definitely incredible. Just going through all that, and um, uh, you know, being able to uh, you know attain all the um achievements that you have, uh, it's it's definitely a great example for you know um other kids that are going through the system. Can you let us know, right. like, what are some of the um the challenges when you uh, put together you know this organization, and obviously being as busy as you you know as you are, uh, what are some of the challenges in this process? In terms of running this campaign, well, you know, we gotta, we have to raise as much awareness as possible. We need people to follow Foster Care on Plug on Instagram and social media, and you know, really start talking about issues of foster care. You know, we have a website www.fostercareunplugged.org. If you click on um, social action, you'll get more information about our bill. And if they were to just complete the form on that uh, on that page that says, yes, I support New York State Bill S7720, you know, all the stipulations are stated there. If they just do that, then, you know, we'll have the opportunity to, you know, send that out to their local politicians to say, hey, someone in your district believes in our bill, so we want you to advocate for it. And it's, it's hard, and it's a challenge because you've got to reach so many people in such a short period of time and then convince them to see the importance of this bill and what this is doing. It's, it's about $20,000, I'm sorry, 20,000 foster care children in um, care right now in New York City. And, and there's not enough funds, is really what I was trying to say, that to, to really support them the way they should be supported. And it oftentimes ends in despair. And so it's a challenge to get people to really see that because nobody is talking about foster care children. Right. Nobody. They're right. kind of like the forgotten, the abandoned. And, you know, I'm here to be that hero for them. No, and I is definitely much appreciated. And you know, obviously, you were just saying about their twenty first birthday, and you know, after that, it's it's kind of up in the air. You're, you're on your own. You're on your own. You know, I, I worked for ACS. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm a social worker. I worked for ACS. And I remember one time coming out of court and having to jump on the train and go see another client um, in the field. And there was a panhandler that came on the train um, asking for money and. Mm-hmm. Looked very disheveled, and when I look up, when I looked up, it was a, a, a teenager that I was in foster care with. Wow! And you know, you see me with a briefcase, me in a three-piece suit coming out of court, mm-hmm. and to see that, that could have been me, very easily, very easily. You know, I sat him down, and I'm like, "What happened?" And he's like, "Hey, I aged out of care. They didn't want to support me anymore. I got to do what I have to do." You know, so it's. it's it's things like that that, you know, really push me to, to be passionate in, in the things that I'm doing now because it's serious out there for these youth. It really is. Right. And I'm, I'm definitely hearing this. And it's just, you know, it's wild because a lot of people don't think about it, you know, as much. And, and obviously you're bringing all of this to light. It's, um, it's incredible. Like I said, your story is incredible. And just what you're doing, I think, is amazing. And um, right, Thank you. You know, this Saturday's event. You know, obviously, it's it's going to be a fun event. Um, a lot of things going on, but it, it has such a powerful message to it. Uh, what is the uh, what is the, the last thing you want to let people know? You know, that haven't bought their tickets yet, or why they should buy these tickets buy their tickets now for this event. 
definitely should buy your tickets now because, you know, at the door it's going to be very crazy. It's going to be a lot of people, a lot of people who follow a lot of these celebrities are going to probably come out to support as well. And we don't, you know, we want to get as much people in the building as possible. We do have a space limitation. And so, you know, it's better that you get the tickets in advance. Um, come out support. You can't. You can't come out because you have other engagements. You can definitely sponsor a child by purchasing a ticket anyway and then writing this is for a foster child to come out because there will be a lot of children in the building um, and a lot of foster care children that do want to come out. We want to be able to say, hey, we want to bless you. So if you want to be a blessing to a youth and you can't come out, you can do that as well. But it's definitely, again, like I keep uh, voicing, it's going to be an amazing game. So get your tickets now. Come out and support, not just for cancer research, but foster care children. And a lot of the good stuff that we're doing, you know, we're only as strong as the people behind us and the strength in numbers. So. Definitely hear that. Melody, Joanne, Santano, thank you so much for uh, spending time and, um, you know, letting us know everything that you're doing and um, your, uh, your great organization as well as this Saturday's event. Awesome. Thank you for allowing me to use your platform to create awareness. Anytime. Okay, have okay, a good bye-bye. one. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. So that was uh, Melody Joanne Santeno, and she's the uh, founder, once again, of Foster Care Unplugged. Check it out, fostercareunplugged.org for more information. Go to, uh, you know, obviously when you, get, when you go to the game on Saturday, you're going to see that's one of the organizations involved, and you're going to see all the kids there. Not every kid is going to be accounted for for having, you know, a family, and they are in the foster care system, so that's something to definitely keep in mind. So um, definitely what Melody is doing is amazing. And, um, you know, her and Jamel able to work together on a project like this is what's needed for the community, and it's just something great. So um, definitely check that out. Once again, fostercareunplugged.org. I'm going to have more information on the Keeping It Real Sports website a little bit later. So um, make sure to be tuned in for that. So what we're going to do now is uh, step aside, take a quick break. You're listening to Sports Social with Ed Easton here on Soundcast FM. Baby girl, a message saying I won't be coming home. I'd rather be alone. She doesn't fully understand me. Cause I'd rather leave than to cheat. If she give me some time, I can be the man she needs. But there's a lot of lust inside of me. And we've been together since our teenage years. I really don't mean Heard about I need some time to be alone But when you love someone, you just don't treat them bad Oh, how I feel so sad now that I wanna leave She's crying a heart to me, how could you let this be? I just need time to see where I wanna be Decision that's so hard 
Do I leave? Do I stay? Do I go? Well, think about my life and what matters to me the most. Girl, the love that we share is real, but in time your heart will heal. I'm not saying I'm gone, but I have to Suzuki, allegedly, you see, I gotta say allegedly because we're not sure yet if that's gonna count as the official all-time hits record, which is currently held or maybe currently held by Pete Rose because it's only done in Major League Baseball, and uh, Ichiro's hits have been split between Japan and MLB. He's about to approach 3,000 hits alone just for MLB this season. He should get to it, but uh, it, it's really gotten to this whole like question of whether or not, you know, he does. Is, does he really have the record? Uh, and people are covering it as if he's got the record. 
Pete Rose hasn't relinquished it. He's come out and said that this does not count because it's not in Major League Baseball. It's uh, it's a bit of a debate. So, um, you know, I've, I've looked at it from different point of views, and this is where I, I just want to have my little rant with it. He has the record. And I say he has the record because we've already, I think we've established for the last 20 or so years that Japanese professional baseball and American professional baseball are kind of even-tilled. I mean, you even see the World Baseball Classic. It's These are great matchups. So I cannot say one league is better than the other. I just can't. Because there's many people, like, you, you got to think about Hideki Matsui. We uh, know, the, the impact that he had right away in New York from being a legend in Japan, and he was a very good player for the Yankees. It wasn't like he was a bust right when he came from Japan. Uh, you're talking about with Ichiro, it's, it, he's been good forever. I mean, even in his worst years, he, he was better than some guys in their best years. That's the type of stuff that you can't really teach. So obviously there's a lot of hate from Pete Rose. He's a guy that's not in the Hall of Fame. He's been banned from baseball for years now. Um, I understand he wants to hang on to stuff. And that's his most legendary record that no one felt like they could break. I could see them giving it to Ichiro, probably putting a little asterisk next to it because that's incredible. It is really incredible if you really put it into put it into thought. I mean, what more does the guy need to do? I think it's his record. I, I can't see them bouncing and saying, oh, no, you know what? This doesn't count because he's not. It's, it's, it's all very petty, very petty stuff. You, you got to give the guy his due. He's earned it. He's been a great player for a long time in Major League Baseball. And just in baseball, period, he's a great ambassador for the game of baseball. To be such a breakout star in two countries, and it's just seamless, too. It didn't seem like there was a hard adjustment period ever for Ichiro. The guy got to get his due. It's, there's no other way to really look at it. Um, I'm a big fan of seeing a guy and the way he's, his mechanics look. He still looks like he could play for another five years. Probably won't, but he's still hitting. The guy's still raking out there. Playing for the Florida Marlins, who really have no shot. They're going to play him as much as they want to because this is the biggest draw is having Ichiro right now. He's a Yankee for a while. I felt like he was very underappreciated and underutilized as a Yankee. That's just my opinion. First ballot Hall of Famer without a doubt. Without a doubt. First ballot Hall of Famer. Every year consistent, every year ready to play had a gun for an arm in right field in his early years. I can't. I just don't see how you look past this guy. Lefties, righties, he hit everybody. So I, it's Ichiro's record. And then when he gets 3,000 hits in Major League Baseball, it's even more praise for a guy who deserves it, who a guy who, who obviously doesn't ever, he's never asked for it. So, yeah, Ichiro Suzuki, congratulations. You are the hit king in Major League Baseball, period. That's my opinion. Take it for what, it, take it for what it's worth. I, it's, it's his record. 
Now, will Pete Rose have more to say about this? Without question. I can't wait to hear him on one of these shows, you know, just have a, a field day talking about it because I just feel like he's, he hates it so much. It's eating him up inside. But you know what? If you're Pete Rose, you, you still want to try to clean up your image, so why not just say, you know what? The record's yours. You're trying to get back into baseball, the record's yours. Just see whatever you can. That's probably his last pitch. You never know. And I think that'll work for him. If, if he really wants to get back to some type of recognition in the game of baseball, be the bigger man and just say, you know what? Each row, you're better. Not taking any way, anything away from your legacy because you have none right now because you're not in the game of baseball. But like I said, maybe that's just me. I just really think if you want to stay and have some type of say in the game of baseball, you got to do that. It's, it's just, it, it would be foolish. And I mean foolish. To just not, you know, just not do anything about it. I just think that's weird. But as always, we will see. We will definitely see. Just want to give a quick note. The Yankees struggles. The Mets struggles. The, the Yankees are, you know, I think we've gotten the best we can. Uh, we have Ike Davis wearing number 24, which bothers me. Uh, to me, that's always going to be Tito Martinez's number. I, I, that's me being biased because I'm a big fan of that Yankees, that Yankee squad. I, I just can't understand why they would give, let him have the number, or if he asked for it, I don't know. He apparently wanted another number that that a pitcher currently for the Yankees has, and he couldn't get it, so he takes number 24. Not happy about it. Just going to be honest. Not happy about it all. But we will see. We will definitely see what's going to happen regarding that. And um, I'm just looking forward to the weekend now because we may have a game seven on Sunday. And then I'm going to be stuck with the, uh, the tough situation of whether or not to watch game seven of the NBA Finals or WWE Money in the Bank. And I think Money in the Bank has to fall second to that, to the uh, NBA Finals. I know some people are going to be trying to watch Game of Thrones. I personally am not a huge Game of Thrones fan, or even a fan, period. But you know what? You're going to see who's a real NBA fan if there's a Game 7. Who's willing to to not know what happens to Jon Snow and whatever happens in Game of Thrones to watch Game 7. That's, that's going to be the kicker. That's, that's going to be the Sunday night where you're going to find out who's a real sports fan or not. Game of Thrones, Money in the Bank, or Game 7 NBA Finals. 
should be interesting. I I hope it happens that way. Because I already, I'm telling you right now, I'm choosing Game 7. I'll catch the replay of Money in the Bank. With that being said, hope everybody has a great weekend. We'll be back on Monday. Naomi Gray, feel better. And we'll see how it goes. Maybe we're talking about a Golden State Warriors championship. Or we're talking about the Cleveland Cavaliers coming all the way back and winning in Game 7. Who knows? It should be interesting. This is Sports Social with Ed Easton here on Soundcast FM. Catch you next week. Friend.